Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. This week, I have got another Your Stories episode for you. So I am speaking to a lovely guy called Phil Cook. He's from Michigan, USA, and he has had type 1 diabetes for about five years. Um, Phil is a blogger, so if you want to check out Phil's blog, it is betuslife.com. So that's B-E-E-T-U-S life.com. So um, Phil talks a lot about diabetes and mental health. In fact, he's a real advocate for diabetes and mental health. Um, And he tells us all about his diagnosis and how he has managed the condition over the last few years. So before I get started on that, just a quick reminder about social media. Please, please do get involved with Diabetic and Healthy um, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have two Facebook groups. So we have Diabetic and Healthy Community, and we also have Type 1 Fit. So if you'd like to get involved in those groups, please check them out on Facebook. Diabetic and Healthy is also on Instagram. So it's diabetic underscore and underscore healthy. And obviously there's a podcast that you are listening to at the moment. Please do hit subscribe so that you never miss any future shows. Okay, so this is me talking to Phil um, all about his story. Hey, Phil, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, so what time is it there at the moment? Uh, it's uh, 9.04 in the morning. Oh, okay. Nice, nice and early-ish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have very kindly agreed to talk on the podcast today and uh, share a bit of your story and, yeah, living with diabetes from, from mm-hmm. your point of view. So should we start at the beginning and talk about your diagnosis? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Um, so I was diagnosed uh, with type 1 in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, my diagnosis... It's still quite new, really, five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming up on five years. Uh, November 3rd, Election Day, is actually oh, my wow. <laughs> five-year anniversary. So, um, yeah, so it's um, relatively new still to this. Um, and my, my diagnosis actually... Um, took about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, they never, they never actually diagnosed me with, um, type 1.5 or anything like that. Um, they were just trying to figure out what was going on the whole time. Um, it was an interesting time period where I slowly was getting worse and worse and mm-hmm. didn't really have an idea of what was going on. Hmm. I thought maybe I had a food allergy or something like that. So I was, I started to keep like a food diary and kind of document how I was feeling, you know, before eating, after eating. Yeah. 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 Like um, a food and mood. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and it was really stressful. Um, you know, I had no idea what was going on and, you know, you start searching online, which is a terrible oh, idea. Oh, no, never. Yeah, never <laughs> Google's always going to say you're dying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, what were your symptoms at this point? Uh, so probably about um, six months before diagnosis, I, I started to really get some of the, the symptoms um, that you would consider to be type one where I was really not feeling good after eating, um, dry mouth, dry eyes, starting to go to the bathroom a lot. Um, and that just, those kind of, those, those kind of things just progressively got worse and worse as it led up to my, my diagnosis, uh, because my, my body was attacking my pancreas so slowly that it was just this slow progression of trying to figure out, out what was going on. Um, which, you know, most type ones, it's, uh, you know, you're feeling great to being in the hospital and a couple of weeks later, you know, it yeah, was a, yeah. it's a different experience for me, for sure. Yeah. Now I'm with you. My di diagnosis was like five years. So. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A, a slow burner. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so how, so how did you get diagnosed? What was that? Like, were you, were you going to the doctor during this time and saying like, this is how I'm feeling, what's going on? Yeah, I had a couple doctor's visits. Um, they did a, you know, normal blood screening. They did all the tests and uh, my fasting blood sugar was like 109, um, which is basically well, slight. It's different over here, but that's pretty yeah. normal, isn't it? That's just <laughs> yeah, it was, slightly elevated. It, maybe. it was like pre-diabetic levels, basically. Yeah. So they were thinking maybe I was type 2 um, or or you know, heading in that direction. So they just told me to eat better and, you know, try to exercise more and, you know, um, just kind of stick to a routine and, and that those numbers should go down. Um, and it was, that was probably a year actually before I was diagnosed and I had gone to the doctor a couple of times since then. And, you know, blood sugar was still kind of elevated and nothing really was showing that anything was too wrong. Mm. Um, Finally, uh, I remember I had had some Thai food for lunch um, while I was nice. at work. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious um, and high in carbs. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was feeling that kind of was like my deciding factor of like, okay, I'm going back to the doctor tomorrow because I feel so miserable. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, a few days leading up to that, my, my symptoms were just getting worse and worse. Um, and so when I finally did go to the doctor, uh, they did all the tests again. And this time my, my fasting blood sugar was like 307. Okay. So, so that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, after eating that meal, I was probably pushing, you know, five, 600 and, mm. and that's why I was feeling so miserable. Um, and by that point I was getting, um, you know, like pain in my legs and tingling in my feet and stuff like that. And were you so losing was, weight at this point? Yeah, I think I had lost probably maybe 10 or 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was really starting to progress to, you know, being fully type one. Yeah. Um, and luckily, you know, I, I, it didn't send me to the ER or anything like that. Um, I think it was definitely 
heading in that direction, you yeah, know, had I gone, you know, just in time maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think if I had gone maybe a couple of days later, uh, with eating and stuff like that, I, I probably would have ended up in the hospital and in DKA and all that mm. horrible stuff that you hear about. Yeah. Um, so w- what was your, what was your initial thought? I mean, did they say at that point you're type one or? Yeah, they, uh, he, my doctor was basically like, you know, it looks like this is probably type one diabetes. Let's run the, um, you know, antibody tests and stuff like that, to, that they can check to, to definitely confirm. And that took, I think a couple of days to get those results. And that had confirmed that, yes, I am type one. Um, and for me, it was, it was more of a relief to be honest, because I finally had a, a treatment plan mm-hmm. to get my life back into some sort of normalcy. Um, yeah, yeah. It, because, you know, I was just like, I felt like I was dying. I mean, mm-hmm. technically I was you, dying. You right? like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, because I had felt bad for so long and didn't know what the reasoning was, you know, it, for me, it was a, it was a sign of relief. Like, okay, I have a plan to get my life back in order and start actually feeling better, which was, yeah. it was great. I can massively relate to that. That's exactly I how I felt. I was like, yes, they've given it a name. Like, <laughs> yes. And yeah. I can't imagine, you know, with a, you know, even longer, uh, period that you went through that, that must've been crazy. Yeah. It was a, Pretty rubbish five years. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Um, so what was your what was your first move? Was it like, here's your insulin, this what do you gotta do? You know, go away, live your life, or were there kind of loads of follow-up appointments or there were some follow-up appointments with a diabetic educator, and they were the ones that really uh, you know, gave me the options of, you know, down the road, here's you know, your options on taking uh, a pump. Um, and you know, they recommended me to get on pens right away. Um, and so that was basically my, my entry point of, of learning how to, to deal with the disease and what the different symptoms are and, and, and how to, uh, really treat it and, and manage it. Um, and then, you know, I had, I had to think a couple follow-up appointments with my endocrinologist, but yeah, mostly it was the the educators um, that are you know trained to kind of be do one on ones with you. Um, that was kind of where I got all my information from. So initially, you have this kind of relief because obviously you were unwell for such a long time, and it's like yes, you know, I can start to feel better now. Did you kind of keep that positive mindset? Do you think did that, or was there kind of a, a realization later maybe that? Yeah, actually, this isn't that great of a di- <laughs> this isn't that great of a diagnosis as it goes. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I was just in go mode for so long, where I was just like, okay, I'm gonna treat this. This is my life now. There's mm-hmm. not much I can do about it, so yeah. I'm just going to kind of autopilot to begin with. Yeah, 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 and I think that lasted quite a while. I mean, probably a good year um, where I, I was just. I was motivated to just start feeling better. And once I started feeling better, that was just a, a motivator to, you know, keep, keep going and, you know, 
because I know how bad I was because yeah. it was still so recent that it, it really pushed me. Um, and once that, that initial period was over, um, it was, you know, I kind of had a, a, a time to really reflect back and go, okay, like this is actually my life now. I have to do this forever. <laughs> um, and it, as long as there's no cure. So, um, I think I just kind of accepted it, you know, um, I've had, I've definitely had periods where, um, you know, I, I felt kind of depressed about it and, and things like that. And I, I, I definitely think everybody goes through that. Um, but, uh, for me, it's always been, you know, just, just keep going. Um, and I think it's that reminder that I know how bad it was that yeah. I don't ever want to feel like that again. So I just keep pushing on. Mm -hmm. And did you make a lot of obviously lifestyle changes in terms of you, you're now injecting every time you eat. Um, but did you make lifestyle changes in terms of kind of exercise and your diet and, and things like that? Um, I think I definitely, as far as diet goes, I definitely, uh, eat a lot less than I used to. Um, and, and certainly that was the way, um, after being diagnosed was I really, I think I cut back on my portions and things like that because I had to actually calculate what I was eating. Yeah. <laughs> and for some mindful. reason, you know, you have these things in your head, like, okay, if I eat, if I eat over like a hundred grams of carbs, that just feels like so much to me. And, yeah. you know, I was probably eating 200 carbs in a meal and not even blinking an eye and not yeah. even thinking yeah. about it. Right. Um, so it's just like this mental game of like, oh, this is, I'm eating a hundred grams of carbs. Uh, like maybe I should put this one thing back and. Yeah. Yeah. Once <laughs> so you see it in numbers, food starts to, <laughs> starts to look a lot different. Right. When you're forced to count things and, and portion and weigh your food and everything mm -hmm. that was, that really changed how I, um, how I eat. Um, you know, and I still, I still eat pizza. I still eat, you know, <laughs> unhealthy food and stuff like that, but I think portion wise, um, I definitely, and I don't snack as much as I used to and things like that. So I, I'm a lot more controlled in my eating, um, which I think has helped me, um, in my overall lifestyle. Mm. Um, and I say exercise wise, um, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really pick up much in, in the way of exercising. Um, that was a, a tough thing to try to get wrap my arms around because especially still being on, you know, the honeymoon period, uh, mm -hmm. it was, you know, I'd go out and mow the lawn or something and build up, you know, a sweat and then, uh, yeah, you know, when you, and you have to stop and go in and, and treat that, and then you got to go back out and finish. And then you end up low again. Yeah. And, and you're feeling so pretty crappy by this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it, it kind of is a, a deterrent in some ways for me to, for me to exercise, at least at the beginning. Um, and I've, I've definitely figured it out now. Um, most of my exercise comes from, you know, chasing around a two-year-old and yeah. uh, I picked up golf in the last couple of years. So I've been oh. playing a lot of that, um, which is, which is great. That exercise. gets your steps up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're terrible like I am and you have to walk all over the course. <laughs> um, so you are kind of a, a bit of an advocate for mental health. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you've got your own blog. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, beatuslife.com. Uh, I started that right at the same time I started my Instagram account, which is um, also at beatuslife. Um, and I kind of started just documenting my journey of, of diagnosis to um, you know, where I am now. And it was kind of cathartic in a lot of ways because that was the first time I actually really reflected um, in a writing medium of what I went through and, and, and how I handled everything. Um, and I actually, uh, I actually have anxiety and depression. Um, and this was before ever being diagnosed Mm -hmm. with, with type one. Um, I've, I've had it for several years and, um, so I already kind of knew the, the battles and different things that, that, that come along with that. And so when you add a chronic illness on top, um, it kind of exacerbates a lot of, yeah, a lot of those like, things, at least, um, at least at the beginning and, and, and to certain extents today. Um, so I'm, I'm very open about, um, mental health. I think the, the mental health side of, of having chronic illnesses is not talked about enough. Um, there's still a stigma around it. People aren't open about it. Um, you know, for a lot of people having a chronic illness causes, you know, diagnosable anxiety and depression for people. Um, and there's, there's still not a lot of outlets, at least in this country for resources and things like that. And for people to, to get the help that they need. Um, but I think that's, you know, the, the online community has definitely helped in a lot of ways, um, for me. And I know for others where, you know, just being able to talk to other people that are going through what you're going through is, is everything. That's, that's therapy in itself, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Cause it's not like walking around every day, you bump into people who can necessarily relate or, right. you know, even, yeah. even something like something really basic like having a hypo like if you say to one of your friends who doesn't have diabetes like oh yeah i've got like major hypo hangover like feeling a bit foggy and they you know they got no idea (laughs) what you're talking about but you can literally go on your instagram go on facebook and be like oh guys had a rough hypo today you know and everyone knows exactly you know what you're going through how you're feeling yeah a lot of people um i mean don't know anyone personally, you know, in their life that has, that has type one. Um, and so that's can be, can have you feeling really alone, um, in your, in your management and, you know, yeah, like you said, having people to relate to what you're going through because nobody knows what you're going through except for another type one. Um, like you mentioned, and, um, I, I have a couple of cousins that have type one, so I was able to reach out to them. Um, they were diagnosed <clears throat> several years before I was. Um, okay. So I had an outlet there of you know, like, Hey, how do I handle this? What can I do? Um, I wish I had joined the, the online community a lot sooner. Mm. Um, I only started <laughs> so my Instagram a few that. months ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I started it in May and I'm thinking, why did I wait so long? Why, yeah. why did I, why did I try to battle this alone for mm-hmm. so long? Um, and I don't know if it's because it was just my own personal disease and I wanted to just, just handle it and just take care Do of it. It's part of my and... life now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely had me feeling like, man, I should have done this years ago. You know, and I'm so glad that I finally started. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, it's amazing how much support you get. Like, you know, and I always say this, there's, you know, there's positives and negatives to social media. We, we know there's a lot of negative around social media, but the diabetes community is just amazing. Like the support and everything you can get online is, is so good. Yeah, it really is. Um, and like you said, it's, it's definitely therapy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you are a dad. Yep. Yep. I have a, a two-year-old daughter named Hazel and she keeps me on my toes and uh, just, she's a wild child and she's a, <laughs> she's a ton of fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, that comes along with its own struggles with, you know, trying to manage a disease and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, toes getting caught in your pump tubing. My and, stress levels uh, as well as. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Talk about having high blood sugar. Yeah. Um, that yeah, spike was my son, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You can go back and look. You're like, oh yeah, that's when he did this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and just you know, like toes getting caught in your tubing and ripping your sight out, and yeah, you know, uh, her just wanting to constantly play with my pump all the time, yeah. and, uh, or play with my uh, my meter and stuff like that. And she knows it's daddy's medicine, and you know, it's it's cute that she you know, just wants to, to help. A new and, fair, like, yeah. 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 So how long have you been on a pump? At what point did you get a pump? Um, I've had a pump probably for a couple of years now. Um, I can't remember exactly when I got it, but I think it's around a couple of years. Um, and that takes some getting used to. Um, and you know, it's expensive here. Um, mm. So that was, that was an, an interesting, uh, journey in itself. What, um, what led up to that? Like, why did you make the change from, you know, was it recommended you went on a pump or was that your own decision? Yeah, it was kind of my own decision. Um, I wanted to try something else. Um, and you know, I always heard that you can get, you know, a lot more control out of a pump because of how, how exact it can get with, mm. with dosing and things like that. Um, and just, you know, not having to stab myself multiple times a day with my That's insulin pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I got hooked up with that and, uh, um, a glucose monitor, CGM and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting process just learning the ins and outs of how that whole thing works um was it definitely... like starting again was it like yeah it, it almost was you know you have to um you have to understand how to uh count your carbs and enter it in and and uh you know at least it it calculates the insulin for you which is nice um but just you know once you can actually see at all times what's going on with your blood sugar. Mm. That was always really interesting to me because um, I didn't realize how much I was spiking really after eating and then coming down. Once you start seeing that data, it, it's interesting. You know, I'm, I would just check my blood sugar, you know, a couple hours after I was after and eating. And it would, back down. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So when I start getting these alarms going off, you know, like, Oh, you're two fifty, and I'm thinking, what do I do? You know, like, am I supposed to do anything? And then I would just end up waiting and it would be back down to normal. So it's just, it's having that data is good, but it's also like, 
a little unnerving at first. When you're, <laughs> yeah. You think that something's wrong, but really it's just data you didn't have access to before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I know that the only time I was offered a pump, um, because we're, I mean, we're lucky enough to get our insulin on the NHS, but there's certain mm -hmm. uh, criteria to getting a pump. Um, so generally you're, you're on injections over here. Um, and I was offered a pump during my pregnancy. That was the only time I'd been offered one, but oh, well, your control has got to be so tight during pregnancy anyway. I was like, oh, I don't think I want to change in the middle of my pregnancy <laughs> in the middle right. of my with everything right. else going on. Um, and then yeah I've, i i suppose it's a personal thing isn't it for me i i don't like the idea of having something on me all the time and it's mm -hmm. literally that even though i know i've spoken to so many people who have such good control on a pump it's yeah. um yeah it just freaks me out a bit so yeah i'll keep i'll keep sticking needles in myself <laughs> <laughs> for now <laughs> i've thought um, about taking a pump break you know um and, and going back to pens just I don't know, to switch it up and, um, have a bit of, bit of freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not having something attached to me all the time, but, but then again, I, I like the control and, and the, the preciseness of the pump. So it's hard to give that up I suppose too. It's pros and cons with, with both. Yeah. So uh, being someone who suffers with depression, anxiety, and diabetes, mm -hmm. is there any advice you would give to anyone else in a similar situation like you say we we don't talk about mental health enough mm -hmm. um and for some reason it does seem to be a difficult thing to talk about yeah. and even though i openly talk about it myself and i've done podcasts on it and i you know i, I put it on my social media there's something kind of deeply ingrained isn't there <laughs> but it's like yeah. It's just not as easy to talk about. Or, for example, I I can remember having a conversation with my doctor. So I I, I take medication for mm -hmm. um, anxiety and depression, and I was going through a period where I was really struggling. And he said, "Okay, well, you know, we we've done these other tests. It's it's not something else going on. So you respond really well to your medication. Let's let's increase the dose." Mm. And you know, my automatic reaction was but I don't want to increase the dose. And he says, if your blood sugar was high, you wouldn't question increasing your insulin. So right. why, you know, why is this an issue? And it, it really is like there's something embedded in us. Yeah. Like, it's, it, we put it at a different level to like physical illness and mental illness. Right. You see it as like, oh, I'm getting worse. So I yeah. need more medicine. Right? So it, yeah. You know? I'm already on medicine. I don't need yeah. more. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly, exactly. But when it comes to our insulin, we wouldn't be, we mm -hmm. wouldn't question it. I think the advice I would give to to people, especially new type ones, um, is you know sometimes you just have to take it one finger prick at a time, you know, because there's so many unknowns um, when it comes to managing your diabetes, especially at the beginning, with being on your honeymoon period and, and your pancreas is, you know, still producing some insulin and, uh, yeah. And the burden of, you know, all of a sudden having a chronic illness, uh, is just really can weigh on you. Um, and yeah, so the, uh, that's the advice I would give is just, you know, take it one step at a time and try to find a community, you know, join Instagram, join Facebook, find people that, going through what you're going through and you know 
you'll find people that have had diabetes for a month longer than you and you'll have people that have had it for 30 years and everybody has different experiences and you know uh we're all fighting the same battle um just in different ways in our own personal way um but the the advice that people can give and 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 help people get through things is is invaluable absolutely totally agree with that totally agree and is there, this is a question I always ask, is there anything that you know now that you wish you'd known when you were first diagnosed or that you wish someone had told you when you were first diagnosed? Um, I wish There's I... Probably a million things, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish I would have known uh, how different foods really play a factor in, in how your blood sugar reacts, um, you know, with the glycemic in index of different foods and things like that, and how much fat is in it and the absorption rate and um, some more of the like technical information I wish I would have had at the beginning. Um, then, and maybe then, they, then your readings probably would have made sense a bit more. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and maybe that would have been too much information when I was just starting out, but, you know, with things like eating pizza and I know so many people struggle with, with that. And, uh, you know, how do I, how it's do like I bolus for it? And cereals. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for me, it was bananas. I just started eating bananas again, um, because they just spike me so fast, so high. Really? Yeah. It's so interesting. Whereas I, I probably eat two bananas a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and always I, have done. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah. And I, I missed, I missed eating them because I, I really enjoy eating them. And, uh, but it was just, for some reason, my body just, you know, just, no, it's like, okay, well, I can't take insulin like an hour before I eat a banana because then, you know, I'm going to in the hospital. For one thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, it's, yeah. It just seems like I can't ever catch up with that initial like crazy spike of, of mm. eating a banana. So I, and, and, you know, with pizza and things like that of, you know, how do I bolus for it? You've do mastered I, it. <laughs> You've yeah, mastered the pizza. <laughs> I have to. I love pizza. I can't give it up. Um, so yeah, just some of that technical information um, about different foods I, I wish I would have had at the beginning to help me understand, you know, how I can still eat the foods I like um, and not feel like crap afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and have you have you ever ended up back in hospital with your diabetes in the past five years? Has, have you ever been through, um, have, have you ever developed DKA or, or anything like that or severe hypos or? Um, no, actually. Um, Good going. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Um, you know, the doctors always are impressed with how, how controlled I am. And, you know, I, I do take it very seriously. Um, and not that other people don't, but, um, I just, I'm pretty regimented with how I, how I handle it. And, um, yeah, luckily I guess is the best way to put it is yeah. I, I haven't had any crazy experience where it's put me back in, um, in the hospital or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty thankful and, and hopefully I can keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what is the, that's how to word this. What's the most annoying or the funniest thing that someone has said to you regarding your diabetes? You know, we all get the whole like up 
I wish I had a pound for every time someone asked me if I used to be really fat. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, you have diabetes, so you used to be like huge. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Is that, is no, that no. the good kind or the bad kind? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly. that's the one I get a lot. Um, you know, and it's, oh, there's you know, a good kind. I want that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one told me about this good kind. How do I how do I sign up for that one? Um, you know, it's funny. It just you know, it comes with a lack of understanding. You know. Um, a lot of those questions that come about. And I think um, with my, my pump, I, I get funny comments once in a while of, uh, you know, people seem to think either it's a pager, which why would I have one unless wow. I'm a doctor? <laughs> gone back in time. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, or, you know, it, someone thought it was a vape pen one time. Um, <laughs> so it's just funny. Like you can't you do know, that it, in here. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, people just, uh, it's it's interesting that you know people sometimes are so forthright with their questions and they see something like what is that yeah it's my insulin pump oh um yeah and i think uh it's just a funny a funny thing um but yeah i think the the funniest thing that i get a lot is like the is it a good kind or bad kind question <laughs> yeah. and i it's i don't know why that's such How a you prevailing even thing that? Like... <laughs> yeah um, I guess I can still eat whatever I want. And, you know, I guess, you know, there's definitely like some pros, I guess, that you could consider type one over type two, yeah. but they're both That's terrible. I, say. I, I, I think I do better as a type one than I would as a type two, because I love my food. I love all different right. kinds of food. I have a sweet tooth. Like, I think I'd mm -hmm. be I think I'm happier as a type one. I'd be more miserable if I was type two. Given so the choice, I would have time. neither. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, all that. That would be great. <laughs> um, oh, just it just reminded me actually asking you that question. But I, I asked this question online um, quite a while ago and someone commented and said, someone said to her, you don't smell like a diabetic. <laughs> well, all right. But yeah, that one, that one's That's, new on me. I, I, uh, I'm, just I'm not sure what a diabetic is supposed to smell like. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe yeah, women are smell really sweet. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what, uh, what would be your, so we've, we've talked about kind of the mental health side of it, but what would mm -hmm. be your kind of top tips for anyone even newly diagnosed or who, who is just struggling in general with their diabetes? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think it goes back to, like I said, you know, taking it one, one finger prick at a time mm -hmm. and really, um, just start, you know, if things start getting out of control, um, one direction or the other, where you're feeling burnt out, yeah, just um, try as hard as you can to just stick to a regimen of, um, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, if you're somebody who isn't um, newly diagnosed and just kind of go back to what you did when you started, mm. um, you know, check your blood sugar every couple hours, um, weigh your food if you haven't been weighing your food, um, you know, just start, start regimenting your treatment plan and, and kind of get back in the flow um, to where you're starting to, you know, really strictly manage it again. Um, you know, and then, you know, let back a little bit. And, and, uh, I, I think I, and I've had to do that a couple of times where you know, I just, I go back and really get s super strict with it. And, yeah. and that helps get me back under control. 
where I feel like, okay, I got the hang of this again. Um, and, and now I can move forward. So, um, yeah, that's, those are the kind of tips I would give to. That's, do you know, it's such smart advice because it really is like, it can get out of control and, and sometimes it can get out of control quite quickly. And it sounds really obvious, but if what you're doing isn't working, stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah, but that's easier said than done because if you're, you know, a busy person, it's just like, Oh crap, it's high, like inject or, you know, it gives them more insulin, bring it down. Oh, I'm hypo again. Oh, I've I've right. my hypo and it's high. And you get into this big kind of, oh, this, you know, roller coaster of blood sugar. Yes. But, but sometimes, if, you, if you've got a busy lifestyle, it, it can carry on for a while before you go, right, let's stop. <laughs> right. Let's start again. <laughs> and sometimes you just get into these weird habits when you don't really realize it. Like, you know, oh, I get up and, you know, and I'm guilty of this where I'll just, I'll wake up and I'll, you know, give myself the 19 grams of carbs in my pump for the granola bar I'm going to eat in the morning. And I don't check my blood sugar. I'm just like, you know, oh, I'll yeah, give myself every day. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, and you know, really it's like, if I, I should have checked my blood sugar cause you know, it's probably like 150 or 160 and I needed that little bit of extra insulin yeah. had it known. Um, you know, you just get in these weird habits sometimes and sometimes you just got to take a step back and do it the right way. Be strict about it and get back into a flow again so so for anyone who wants to follow you on instagram your instagram is my instagram is at betus life b-e-e-t-u-s-l-i-f-e um and my my blog is betuslife.com and uh i'm also on facebook um at betus life as well um i i'm not on there um definitely as often. So if you want to interact with me, uh, Instagram is probably the, the best bet. And if someone is listening to this now and say specifically wants to connect with you about, you know, maybe they have really related to something that you've said or whether it's the mental health side, is it okay for people to, to drop you a message on Instagram or? Absolutely. Um, I get, uh, I get messages from, from people, quite a bit, um, you know, saying, Oh, I, I saw your story and, you know, I can relate to that. And I, you know, they start asking me questions and, you know, like I said, at the beginning, I'm an open book. I'm, I am not here to hide anything. Um, I'm open about, you know, my, the mental health side of things and, and my, my diagnosis and, and the highs and lows and the struggles. So yeah, definitely just send me a DM. Um, I'm here to answer any questions you have. Lovely. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I highly recommend uh, anyone to go and follow you who wants a really honest, honest account to follow. Um, I always say this, but you know, social media can be people's highlight reel, but mm -hmm. with diabetes, it's really nice to find that, you know, the really honest accounts that do show the highs and lows of, of diabetes because you know, if that's what everyone else can really relate to, like it, it's not all, um, yeah, it's not all plain sailing. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah. N knowing that not, not everyone has perfect blood sugars all day, every day is, uh, is actually reassuring to people with diabetes. <laughs> so yeah, no, I really appreciate your account. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and telling, telling us a bit about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Charlotte. It was great. Um, and, 
I've, I've enjoyed talking to you and, and I uh, love your account and the things that you're doing. So keep up the good work. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. Well, have an amazing day. And you do um, the same. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we'll get you back on in the future. Yeah. Sounds great. I'd love to be yeah. back on. Thank oh, you. Oh, cool. Right. Well, thank you so much again. And um, yeah, I shall see you on your Instagram story, I expect. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, it was great talking to Phil about his story. If you enjoyed that interview, please do check out Phil's blog. So it's beatuslife.com. And he is also beatuslife on Instagram. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. That is all for this week. But please do uh, hit subscribe so that you don't miss any of the future shows. I have got some great ones coming up for you. So until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor.